When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those. Something big about to happen. I hear the beat tapping. We some fly rum and felines rapping on the track. Better yet, grab a gat, cause we hot like. Enzo, doors closed, windows up, cause that's the way we like to ride. Windy City hitting. Check mic 1212. We live, baby. What's up, y'all? And welcome back to another episode of Speak Your Mind Radio. And today, y'all, we doing something a little different, you know what I'm saying? We got a real, real good-ass episode for y'all today, I promise you. Um, We have a very special guest in the house. Um, So, you know, without further ado, (laughs) let's welcome to the show actor and comedian who has toured with both Ricky Smiley and rapper Tech Nine, all the way from Kansas City, Missouri, boy. Introducing Bobby J. Coleman. What's yo, up, man? Yo. Hello, hello. What's happening? You're supposed <laughs> to have like the, the audience reaction. Like, eh, I don't know. It, it's just funny <laughs> if you had it, like a button you can push. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. I need to learn how to edit that into the show because um I had a few people say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because we know it's canned laughter or, or 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 crowd reaction, but it's just funny to have it. So but thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Let's have some fun today. Yes, Bobby. Let's 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 do this. Okay. Um well, okay, as well, you may not know, but I do start off all my um interviews with an icebreaker question for my guests. So let's get it. Okay. I right. right. um how old is the oldest pair of shoes in your closet, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this is random. I would say probably about fifteen years old. For real, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean, I wear. I'm, I'm so basic. Like, of course, I have like a lot of designer shoes, but I'm. I wear like running shoes just normally, and then I wear my uh, my good shoes for like you know when I'm on doing shows or something like that or or on events. a vacation mm-hmm. yeah events so that's what it's reserved for but I have oh man I got I look and it's funny you said that because I looked in my closet the other day I have shoes that's in my son's closet too <laughs> and um I looked in there and I was like oh man I remember these shoes and it's like some Jordans that I got from like I don't know 2008 or 2009 dang yeah. Yeah, they just came out again. I think like early this year or late last year. But um, I, I keep some shoes. I keep some shoes. I'm a I'm a I'm a Jordan collector. Um, I have Yeezys. I have um, Air Maxes. It's whatever you know. Just whatever. So no, you know what? No, I, I'm lying. Let me. Oh, you won't believe this. You will not believe this. My what? oldest pair of shoes. I just like this. I got them in 90, 
I want to say 95. Wow. There are <laughs> some, yes, they are in my closet. There are some, and I, I, I don't know how I missed these. These are the, the Shaq Reeboks. <laughs> <laughs> you said yeah. the Shaq Reeboks. Oh my God. Yes, yes they are the Shaq Reeboks. Um, I had them. I was I was always a Shaq fan, and um, I was the only guy in high school that wore Shaq shoes. They they were like the Reeboks. So, and I was a basketball player too. So, I would uh, so I kept them because I ended up doing the Shaq tour mm-hmm. um, about man about six years ago. I was on the Shaq All Stars comedy tour, and I had them to autograph them when I met them. Um, but that's, awesome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a weirdo because I even know all his music too. So we we can skip past this part if you want. <laughs> oh no, we we definitely a music podcast. So we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you say you you had all um his shoes and you knew yes. all the music that he did too. Yes, I had every every shoe he he came out with. I had it. Um, well. <sighs> Okay, so well, we, you know what we digging deep. Let's do it. So, <laughs> I had I bought all his tennis shoes, and um, I was always a fan of him as a player when he came when he got drafted in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And um, and then um, I actually because you know he had the Superman tattoo on his bicep, and I got the same tattoo. Um, it's covered up now, but I got it in high school, <laughs> and then. <laughs> But yes, I know all his music. Uh, any song you play, I know it. I can rap the whole album. It got me through high school, man, and middle school. And uh, yeah, and then that was like, I was like a fanatic. Like there's nothing nobody could tell me about Shaq. Like stats, anything, I know it. And so that was just my thing. And then when I got to do the Shaq tour mm-hmm. um, and got to meet him, we we met and I told him about a time and occurrence that we had met because they had a, a, they played a, a game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was an exhibition game here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and this was like ninety eight or ninety nine. Mm. And I remember meeting him. He was playing for the Lakers then, and it was just for a short time. And um, I told him I like recited one of his songs and he was like <laughs> bugging out he was like yo like this dude knows my music and he had to get on the bus so I never I never ran into him again so funny thing is I was in Memphis doing the Shaq tour and it was like you know Michael Blackson Gary Owen um, every everybody um on this show and that was one of the stops and actually Shaq showed up for it so we're in the dressing room and he pops in and, you know, he's doing his thing. And I don't like to bother people, you know, I've seen people, but I hadn't seen this guy forever. So when I finally got a moment to talk to him, we were kind of roasting a little bit. And then he was like, uh, he was just, you know, I was like, man, because I had the shoes on, I actually had the Shaq shoes on. Cool. I was like, man, can you, can you autograph my shoes? He's like, yeah, no problem, man. And I told him, man, I just killed the show or whatever. He's like, I saw you a little bit. I saw you up there, you know. So, um, and I wasn't officially on this tour. I was, I had made the tour through other means. It was a competition um, that I did in Orlando to to Mm. get on the tour, but I was given dates on it. So, um, but, so when we were in 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 the locker room and I think, so the video was on, I had another Instagram page. Okay. Um, 
and it ended up getting shut down because this is when Instagram was first starting to pop. And then I was just posting recklessly and I got my page took. So um, so that's why I don't really post too much on there now because I'm kind of salty and bitter about it because I had mm-hmm. a ton of followers. But um, so what I oh, did, I did a, a video and I was like going back and forth rapping this song with, with Shaq. And the video was on that page and then the page got took. So I don't oh, have the video back and forth. So it was pretty dope. It was pretty dope. That's messed up. They took your page down, especially because you said you had a video with you and Shaq rapping back and forth. Yeah, he did a line. I did a line of his song. It was it was a song called "Heated Up" on his uh, Respect album. I think it came out like oh man, this probably came out like mm, I would say ninety nine two thousand. Wow. And, um, I was like, start rapping it, and then he would do a verse, and I would, not a verse, but bar, 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 back and forth. So it was dope. I've, I've, I've met some pretty notable people. It's been a, 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 man, I'm telling you, it's been a blessing to just meet these people. And then it just feels so normal now. That's the beauty of it. it I don't is. get weirded out. Right, yeah, exactly. Got, yeah, a, a little bit I do, but it's it's because, like, my, my favorites, uh, I guess we're in the music I guess this might be the music segment now, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but my favorite, like, man, I'm like a Lionel Richie fan, um, a <laughs> Billy Ocean fan. Wow. Um, uh, the System, um, they did Don't Disturb This Groove. Um, I traveled to Jacksonville to see them February of last year because I had never seen them live, and um, I'm a huge fan of the system, so. Um, that's what I do in terms of music. Like I will travel, like I was going to go to Canada to see this group called Chromio mm-hmm. and they're like a synth pop duo. Um, they're actually from Canada, but they live in New York. And um, I was going to travel um, to Canada to see them. And he ended up having a show in um, Scottsdale, Arizona. And I ended up going there and yeah. taking a picture with them and got to meet them and stuff. Um, so, you know, I had a bucket list. I have a bucket list of people that I try to go and, and see, but I'm a huge music person. That's what's up. Um, you at the right place because this is um <laughs> this is a platform I built for underground artists to, you know okay. what I'm saying, get they shine, talk they shit, and mm-hmm. while we at it, we're gonna play their music, all their hit songs and everything. You feel me? Perfect, and perfect. With you, like, not only are you an actor and a comedian, feel me, but you used to um, compose music back in the day when we went to, oh, I guess I didn't tell the people this, y'all. We went, <laughs> <laughs> we went to yeah. school together, Lincoln University is an HBCU in Missouri, feel me? And I'm just going to tell my story real quick about how I knew you and everything. There was this um, joke going around campus, y'all, about um, <laughs> about the, uh, the the lunch lady, Miss Pat, the school cafeteria lady. That she was, I love Miss Pat. She cold as hell. Like, she's just funny mm-hmm. to me. And uh, the joke kind of went like, oh, my God, I don't even want to say it. It was like, okay, it was like a rumor, not a rumor, it was a joke going around campus because Miss Pat ain't had no teeth in her mouth at the time or whatever, you know? And so they were saying that, like, she gave, oh, God, I can't do it. She gave, like, hands to one of the students or whatever. I'm just saying it, fuck it. And she gave hands to yeah. one of the students with no teeth, and I was fucking rolling because, like, everybody knew who Miss Pat was, period. Feel me? Right. So this shit was just hilarious. So, um, 
I almost forgot what I was about to ask you, but like, just like talk about like, I guess Lincoln times, like when you, when you, when did you first feel like, you know what, this is me. This is what I, what I want to do. I want to be a comedian because everybody thinks I'm a comedian anyway, because I'll be cracking jokes and roasting motherfuckers. So mm-hmm. like, just talk about that. <laughs> so my introduction to comedy was about 91 and that was my first time seeing comedy was Sinbad. Mm. and I was watching his special and I didn't know what this was I just knew it was a guy on stage being funny and he was talking about my mom because the things he was saying about his parents it it resonated so I remember being on the floor dying laughing and my older brother came in with his friend and he was like I mean I was out of breath and he was like man what are you doing like I'm like watching this what is this so Sinbad's um, comedy special I think it was his first one and it was so funny. He was talking about like, you know, ordering food at McDonald's and just how we stand there and we act like we don't know what we want. We've been there a million times. Like, it was so <laughs> funny. So I didn't know what that was, but I just knew I wanted to be funny. Mm. So then um, I got into middle school and there was this Yo Mama book that came out. And it was by uh, Dre and Ed Lover because they used to do the snaps thing. Um, on TV. So I remember buying the book. And no, I didn't even buy the book. I couldn't afford the book. I think the book was like 20 bucks at like one of these bookstores or something in the mall. Mm -hmm. So and the reason I wanted the book was because in my class, there was this this guy named Eric. This was seventh grade. Mm -hmm. This guy named Eric Harris. And then this girl named Trina and another girl named Heather. Uh, Heather was a white girl and she was like the trailer park girl but she was so funny like everybody really? loved and she could roast her butt off cool. so they used to just pick on people when the teacher leave you know when the teacher leave the roast session <laughs> yes, starts and, yes. and they never got me but I knew that day was coming so I remember going to the mall and I seen this book and it was like yo mama it was like a snaps book and what I did I would remember like three or four jokes at a time and I would go to the when I would go to the mall and then I would write the jokes down so I would go into the store and, and you know, the guy would see me like looking at the book and I'm trying to remember like, yo, mom's so fat. This, this, that. So, so what happened is one day the teacher left. Um, it was a math class, Miss Gray. She left and the roast session started up and I couldn't wait. I was like, man, somebody better hit me today because I'm ready. I got about six jokes. So Eric went, he hit Trina. Trina went, she hit Eric back. Eric hit Heather. Heather hit both of them back. And then Eric hit me. Damn. Why he do that? I mm. stood up. Them jokes I've been rehearsing for the last few weeks. Boom, boom, boom. Lighting them up. Whole class just on the floor. Like, oh my God. Now, mind you, them ain't my jokes, but, you know, nobody <laughs> knew where the jokes came from. I was ready. So at that moment, like, I was the talk of the school. Like, oh, man, he could roast. Like, so that just put something in me. Because the thing is, I was, out of everybody in my family, I was the most quiet. Like, I was the most reserved. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was like, my mom, she's hilarious. My grandma was hilarious. Like, my whole family. And I was the one that was, like, quiet and just observant. But it was always in me to be funny. One thing I could do was be funny. Like I can reenact things and act, see movie scenes out. Like I would do that stuff. That's so, cool. Yeah. So, um, so I started to hone my own skills with roasting people, and um, I use that even to this day when I'm 
when I'm, you know, doing stand up mm-hmm. and somebody wants to, I mean, they don't really heckle me, but somebody might say something back and then I get on them and it's just, it's out of fun, you know, it's out of love, but um, I use that skill to this day. So what happened when I got to Lincoln U, mm-hmm. used to be a lot of roast sessions. We was in the, in the dorms. I was in, I was in Martin at first and I was in Perry Hall and we were just getting roast sessions in the hallway and couldn't mm-hmm. nobody take me down. So a lot of people would bring, you know, they get their cousin might enroll and they all oh, my cousin from here, he can, he can, he, he funny, he can roast you. And then I'd be like, let's go. And then I just look him up and down a little bit and then he'll go <laughs> and I'll go. And I'm like, I'm, I'm on it because I'm able to take what you're wearing or your shoes or yeah, your hair. Look at you. Yeah. And I would just do that. So people thought, Hey, he's, he gotta be a comedian mm-hmm. because everything about me was just being goofy and then of course I was the Lincoln U mascot for three three years I never knew that until I saw you on older show yeah nobody knew that um I, and I really just now started telling people a couple close friends knew but really I kept it under wraps even when when it was over I wasn't like trying to be known as the mascot I just knew when I first got there um this guy Romel and it was another guy he was the mascot and they were kind of boring I remember being mm-hmm. at a at a base the basketball game and I was like what you know so I the guy ended up leaving school and then I reached out to the cheerleading coach and she um was like yeah if you want the job you, you know you, we can just do a little rehearsal so I was learning their moves and I never did the cheerleader moves but maybe one time in those three years but <laughs> I was, man, I did so, I mean, it was so fun with doing that. But anyway, so to get back to the to the comedy part. Yeah. Um, so people would, you know, we would have a lot of step shows and stuff like that at school. So I remember like the Deltas were the first ones. They asked me, hey, can you host our step show? Wow. And I was like, okay, cool. So I hosted a step show. So when people would come out I'd either roast them or you know it's always that one person that couldn't keep up and I'd make fun of them or you know somebody in the crowd or my friends they'd sit in a group and I'd be like yeah you know I know you ain't laughing with your you know your crooked hairline you know whatever and it just was fun so that started to pick up so I was hosting more and more and then um with when there happened to be a comedy competition um on campus, I never knew about it. I never heard about it, but it was just one random evening. I was strolling through the um, student union mm-hmm. and saw the sign-up sheet. My name was number one on there. And somebody, like What's I said, still name? to this yeah. day, yeah, still to this day, I don't know who put my name on there. And they are pretty much responsible for my career because if I'm given an opportunity, I'm going to use that one opportunity and make a million opportunities out of it. And that's one thing that I learned about myself is if if I see a, a little wiggle room, like I'm, I'm, I tell people, they be like, man, you got this going and you got that going. And I tell people, I'm operating off of one yes. I've been told no a, a hundred times, yeah. but I'm operating off of one yes. And I just had to, I don't let that yes die. You know, if this is right. if this is the opportunity that you've been given, or if you got a commercial, or you got um, an opportunity to do something, remind people. Don't let it die. Um, that one yes can mean everything. You know, somebody that might have filmed um, the movie Shawshank Redemption back in the day that's still eating from off of that movie because of how notable it was. 
And, you know, I had opportunities to tour with people and, and you know, I got Comic View. Um, did, you know, I did a lot of stuff. Got Doritos commercial. I don't what? let people forget that. Yeah, Doritos commercial. Yeah. What yeah, year was, was that? That was, you know, it's still on my YouTube. It's It's kind of, I have to, it's on my YouTube, I think. I know I see it when I go on there, but I think it, it's like private, but I can get to send you the link, but I can, yeah, I can make it public, but yeah. um, it's, it's it was maybe four or five years ago. I would say about five, yeah, about five years ago, inside of five years ago. Yeah, so. That's yeah. fascinating. I mean, you just have a lot of um, <clears throat> charisma and stories to tell and I think the profession that you're in fits you because um, just basically what you told me from your childhood and how you got into comedy. And speaking of which, like how quiet you were and yeah. you're a comedian. This shit is wild to me. Like that's crazy or whatever. <laughs> I'm serious. You wouldn't believe the personalities of comedians when you're around them. Like, it's not a bunch of joking and having fun, you know, Damn. it's a lot of seriousness, you know, if I'm oh hanging God. out with Kevin Hart, um, like I did, I, like I pretty much started with him and, you know, I got pictures of him from way back in the day um, before, right around Soul Plane time, mm. um, even though he started around the time I did, um, we did shows together making $150. You know, it's it's just amazing the direction he's went. Still cool to this day. I don't, you know, I, I I reach out to him when he's nearby, and I'll attend the show, and we'll we'll hang out and stuff like that. But um, I got Ke- I got Kevin his first booked comedy club weekend ever <laughs> in, in the Kansas City Improv. So, you know, I'm about opportunities, you know, and I just knew he has something. Even with watching him, I was like, he makes this seem so effortless. And, and a lot of his comedy is self-deprecation, you know, he's just making fun of himself being small or his voice being high-pitched or light. And he, he he did the improv, and I remember his show, it was the second show on a, on a Friday night, and those are usually packed. Mm-hmm. He had 80 people in there. Damn. And I remember sitting at this, we were standing at this table in the lobby, and he had his um, DVDs he was selling. And it was like, it wasn't like Grown Little Man. He hadn't even done Grown Little Man yet. Um, he It was like live from the lab, lab, back, lab house or something. It was in Philly. Um, he did where he's from. And nobody was stopping. Nobody was stopping to take pictures. No nothing. And he just kept that, that drive, that motivation. Because what he had in him, he knew the world needed to see it. Oh, and... God seeing somebody come from there that's enough inspiration for me it's not something that i witnessed on social media a person go from here to there to a million followers like i watched this guy work and grind and then he would he'd call me up hey man i got this college in kansas or this college in nebraska or here you know i want you to come through and i was and we had another friend jay who he's a comedian who passed away about 10 years ago he used to roll with us as well, and he would just hit us up. We'd meet him, and we'd go do the show. And that was just our thing um, for a while. So, you know, I just have a good history with him um, and just a genuine friendship. And that's just something that I tell people. It's just you get, get around the right people, you know. If, 
it ain't even about the person being successful. If their right. mindset is successful, that's right. enough. Right. You don't have to, yeah, you don't have to see, you know, um, this person with a million dollars. They can have a million dollar mentality. They can always be um, optimistic and right. and just have that drive and it just jumps in you. It's about energy, you know, right. it's about right. So just seeing that and just coming up with these people, um, it's 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 like proud moments when I see these guys on TV. Um, and you're in Chicago, right? Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, so y'all got you know Lil Rail who made his rise through the ranks, and me and him are really close friends. You know, you said um, who from Chicago? Lil Rail. Lil, you mean Uncle Rail? From Lil Rail, he was in Get Out movie and. He was in Jordan Peele's Get Out movie? Yeah, uh-huh. He was a security guard. Oh, yeah. That dude, oh, my God. That dude was so freaking funny. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> yeah, that's my yes. boy. That's just my dude. And, and we linked up early in the game. Um, and like I was telling, uh, 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 well, I was on the last interview, I was talking about bringing him to Kansas City and I just saw something in him. I was like, this dude is electric. He's just, he's just, he's just a different type of comedian. Exactly. For $200. Dang. Yeah. That's dope. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you, you speak of all these, um, these, um, uh, these people with, um, uh, status like, uh, 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 Kevin Hart and everything. Like, um, you watched him grow not per se on the internet, like we all are doing now, but mm-hmm. in a real organic type of way, you, you were right there looking at him. And I love the fact that you said, you know, um, don't, <laughs> don't rely on the nose or whatever. Just go with that. Like you did go with that one. Yes. And make it alive. And don't forget you know, because as long as you have a mentality of self-success, then that's all that's needed. Everything else is a wrap. Everything else will fall in this um, order, you know? Absolutely. People don't know what other people are fueled with um, to, to get them where they where they were at. They just see them in that opportunity. And some people feel like when somebody else gets an opportunity, that's an opportunity taken from them. Right, right, right. And it's like, no, that's not that that opportunity is for them. It's opportunities that I didn't get at this at the moment. Oh, I was livid. Not livid like regular stuff, but <laughs> I was hurt. And then when I look back and I'm like, man, I wasn't ready for that responsibility. Oh, I wasn't man. ready for that opportunity because that could have done something for me that mentally I wouldn't have been ready for it. And I just would have been that guy that would have um probably destroyed his career by saying something or right. or just thinking you know like I, I wouldn't have put my career first it would have, I would have put my emotions and feelings first so oh I had to grow God. to a point of being able to just understand that you know you, it's just you like a lot of people are still struggling with that today when yeah. you see them on social media they're using yes. social media and ruining their careers because oh my God. yeah because you don't they don't think that I tell people I could be a PR person for real because anything that happens, all you have to do is just stay quiet for 48 hours and people will move on. We're, we're in a, this too shall pass era. It don't matter. Like half of us can't think about, think of what we were mad about last Wednesday. 
Oh my God. Regarding a person, a, a, a relationship, a celebrity relationship that broke up, and we get online arguing with other people for two, three hours. Like we can't even remember what that is. Everything shall pass. Don't don't. What matters? What what matters matters, and what doesn't doesn't matter. And you know, I see a lot of people, especially with comedians, um, they have a a way of feeling like again some another person's opportunity should be theirs or they're competing with it and it's like you can't why compete you can never knock off another person from where they're supposed to be at you can't you you can't come for a person's career and think that that's going to make your career name somebody in history of any music movies who, who said oh i'm coming for will smith and it's right. never happened. What will God is wills. What That's Denzel got is Denzel. Yeah, what Mike Epps got is Mike's, you know? Right. So when you, when, and I tell people, every second you focus on somebody's, uh, what somebody else got, you're taking a second away from building towards your situation. So you're four or five years in complaining about other people getting opportunities. And you could have spent those four or five years emailing or calling or trying to be in the same space with these people hoping lightning strikes and you could have got an opportunity. But those people now are in a space where they don't even have to look at you. Who are you? You're just, right. you're somebody that's bitter and worried about. So it is a, it's, as a comedian, it's, it's difficult to be friends with other comedians because really? um, yeah, it really is because we're in a, we're in a, a different day where, um, there are no platforms to push us. So any opportunity, they're all scrambling for that same one opportunity because there's no comic view, there's no Def Jam, no person, right, right. none of that anymore. So any anything that happens, um, it really, um, it's like you're, everybody's scratching and clawing at the same thing and you'll you'll get a lot of hate for just getting that opportunity. Um, but but speaking of one opportunity that passed me up that mm -hmm. you know I look back was I had opportunity to do the Arsenio Hall show when he returned and um, I was going to meet the the uh, producer she was I can't remember her name but um, I had a show scheduled in um, Los Angeles at the Ha Ha Comedy Club mm -hmm. and she said she was going to come out and watch me and then make a determination that night. And uh, something happened, the show got canceled. Wow. And uh, yeah, so we had stayed in contact and then I was trying to reschedule it so she could come out. She was really interested because she was like, oh, I heard a lot about you. I just want to see you, you know, live. And, you know, I was like working on a set to actually, you know, do for the, for the Arsenio Hall show. And shortly after the Arsenio Hall show ended up canceling, but I know that would have been a major push for me as a comedian, um, and no, no telling where that would have took me. So, um, but I, when I think about it, I'm like, man, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that overnight because it would have been a overnight success, it, basically. Yeah, it would have been overnight success. Um, really, like, really, it was an overnight success. So I wouldn't have been ready for that. That. Your story is fascinating. I don't know how many times I said that before, but <laughs> <laughs> you are giving yeah. out gems right now, diamonds, uh, motivation, inspiration, and I love it. 
for a man to sit here and admit that um, the opportunity that could have cultivated his whole entire career, he admits that I may have not been ready for that. I may have or may have not been ready for that. That's amazing. Like you, you're growing, your growth is impeccable. You know what I'm saying? You could take those um, 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 missed opportunities, so to speak, uh, failures and count them as like stepping stones to your accomplishments, to your success. Mm -hmm. And that's why I dig you, like for real. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, and that's the the downside to it. I find the positive in it. You know, I I haven't really touched on things that I've necessarily done. It's just those, just just the opportunities that that presented themselves and just being in the room with certain people. It's that's how, like, if people can just, it's like, it's like right now, if you were in the, like, if you were a singer Mm -hmm. and you had the chance to sit in the same room with um Beyonce yes. and just feel her energy yes. just feel her energy and then leave what will that do for you oh now, my god what yeah yeah just that but do you have that ability to to um build off of just energy do you have the ability to soak that energy up or are yes. you looking at it from a you know what I didn't get the opportunity to talk to her or I didn't get the opportunity to uh work oh. with her or you know, just look at being in the same room oh and seeing God. what it is about her. Like, that's the, the biggest part. And that's what my my motivation and my fuel, and it gives me peace. It's like, I see how they do it. I see how they interact Beautiful. with people. Yeah, I'm in the airport or I'm in anywhere. People, like, people recognize me from the dumbest stuff. And I'll be like, yeah, I want y'all to recognize me from this, but everybody's different. Yes. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh, like, the Derek Jackson video was probably uh, one of the latest ones because it went crazy viral. And um, talk about will... it, <laughs> Derek mm-hmm. Jackson. <laughs> mm-hmm. So everybody know Derek Jackson is like the, the, the car guru, the relationship guru, right? And, um, and I just, you know, my thing is, I've I've had my fair share of being a relationship. Uh, expert but i'm i'm a relationship expert to a degree of i'm gonna tell you something that's gonna hurt your feelings yeah i don't yeah i don't want you to come back later like my friends if they come to me i know they really need like advice and i've never been a person that's needed relationship advice ever like i've never been like what do i need i just leave or i just figure it out Mm -hmm. but but with listening to him people will be like, you remind me of him. And I'm like, who? And then I looked at him and I was like, ah, this dude crazy. Like his advice starts out sounding good. Mm-hmm. And then it just takes this turn. It just, it just drags the life out of me. And here's, this is, this is how I wrap up my perspective of Derek Jackson. I get what he's saying. I get his angle where he's coming from with his advice but he's only focusing on 5% of the pie. He's focusing on those dudes that don't have any drive or any motivation or just a bum dude. This bum dudes is bum women. That's just, yep. but, but he only focuses on the bottom of the barrel uh, guys. And, and also what he does is he even makes the, the average nine to five career, you know, just this straight up and down guy, seem inadequate 
in relationships. And now women are leaving these Derek Jackson seminars damaged because their 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 expectations are misplaced. And he's not healing women. All he's doing is putting women on guard or making them fear things versus saying, you know what, you should look at men this way. He never he never acknowledges college educated men. He never acknowledges entrepreneur men. He never acknowledges men that own businesses or men that even are college educated and just work a regular job. He makes he makes women think that men are just these these um, these it's like something you need to to like he he hurts their perception more than he helps it. So when a woman meets a man that's right for her, that her energy is gonna be off because she subscribes to Dead Jackson. Damn. And I'm like, women women don't need that. Women need to be come in at a hundred percent and they will be able to recognize when that man is given a hundred percent. Right. He's 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 sending women out here um like knocking on doors like <laughs> unprepared in relationships. You know, it's like they leave his seminars and they damage. And I'm like mm. and, and and I figure I try to figure out multiple ways to do it. And um one day um of course, somebody told me I look like him because I had a hat on. And then I looked, I was like, I really do. So a couple of weeks went by and I was like, I'm about to make a parody video because I've never tried to be somebody else. So I was, um, I wrote on some shirts because he likes to wear these shirts like my black is beautiful. Exactly. You come from whatever panders to women. And I get it. If you're hurt, you know, when you hurt, anything resonates with you that's hurt. Like Summer Walker, was the hurt anthem of last year and mm-hmm. you know whatever so right. um but i i just made decided to make a, a a couple shirts so i made it one said like it's it's him not you pander wear um uh, what was the other one um Man, it was like four or five shirts I made. So they, and I made sure they were different colors so people can recognize it. Mm-hmm. So when I would give my advice, the shirt would change. So it'd be like, "Hey, ladies, uh, have you ever cheated on your man? Or have your man ever caught you cheating? Well, if you did, uh, he oh, I can't, I can't. I'm trying to remember, but I, I don't really go back and watch it. But <laughs> I would twist the, yeah, I'm a, I would twist the advice to. Um, to basically bash men and make it so unrealistic, like you, you know, your man will hire a private chef to cook dinner for you. He ain't a real man, or something like that. Some just far fetched. So <laughs> I put it online, and I'm the type that I put something online and I just go away. And then if I come back, it's doing numbers, cool. So I I I, I posted it. And I think I didn't go back to it till like the next day. So when I see my notifications, it was like crazy. And then, yeah, and then he had women. It was like women going on in on me, like, you just hating on him because this and just that. And I'm just like, I'm not. I'm, it's satire. It's making, it's like watching, it's like watching um, SNL or, in living color. I'm just mm-hmm. making fun of how he does things. I'm not hating on the man. So um, people have tagged him and then he had um, blocked me on Facebook and Instagram. Damn. 
Yeah. No, he didn't block me on Instagram till the till the second video. <laughs> so he had made some comments about me um on a status and saying, you know, like people hating on him and all this stuff. And it was just right at the time of that video and it, it went crazy. Um so probably a couple years later. I finally, because it's still to this day, I can probably go to that video right now on Facebook. And I guarantee you, like two minutes ago, it was a comment on there. Like, that's how much that video still circulates through the internet. That's um, dope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was in uh, Denver uh, last year, and I was just bored one day. I'm going to be honest. I didn't feel like going to the gym, and I was bored. So I Googled a t-shirt company mm-hmm. and I had him make a, um, some t-shirts just like his. So he really actually pressed them up like right in front of me. And I paid like $60 for like two t-shirts to get pressed up because I was about to go in on this next video. So I'm sitting in the parking lot of like Walmart and I do this video and um I had the idea, so I was just like, I'm just gonna ramble off a whole bunch of like Derek Jacksonisms, like, hey ladies, uh, you know, just whatever he does. And the shirt, one shirt says, um, uh, it says, ladies, or when will when will broke women realize that her? It's something like when will broke women realize that a broke man is her is her dream or I don't know her match or something like that I, I can't remember I got I still got the t-shirt mm-hmm. and then another one is like I talk about men but I'm the worst one of them all or something like that <laughs> um, so as I'm doing the funny. the yeah so as I'm doing the videos I'm doing them in clips and I'm like what up team Jackson oh, cool. uh, ladies and and I kept laughing, and I'm like, I cannot do this. And it and and it was hot too. I know it was hot because I had the windows rolled up, and I didn't want it to be loud. And I was in there sweating, and I'm laughing so hard because I'm when I was saved the 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 lines, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I would start laughing. So I got maybe three of them out, and then I just spliced in the ones where I started laughing at the end and then those when that one went viral and um that's when he blocked me on because <laughs> <laughs> he was getting tagged like crazy so. sorry, that's so funny you know we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get tagged anyway <laughs> so he just blocked yeah. you <laughs> mm-hmm. he just got tired of seeing it so hell yeah <laughs> but my th- comments <laughs> Huh? I said it's still getting comments to this day. <laughs> I know I'm a good check too. Mm-hmm. I'm a good check because I don't really post much on Instagram. I post mostly on Facebook because there's more tangible <laughs> um, audiences there, so mm-hmm. um, and they're more likely to tag people. But uh, but yeah. So I, my thing is, um, you know, I've been reached out to people um, because of my antics on social media. And I'll get into that in a second, um, but. But I had to grow up a lot on social media too. So, uh, but with this whole Derek Jackson thing, people were trying to set it up where we basically talked, like we had, and and I I kind of got wind. I had a manager at the time 
um, she was like his, you know, his people were like, we'll consider it, you know, like to sit down and just kind of talk it out. Because mm-hmm. my thing was, I'm about to go in on this dude's head. Like, he's going to, I'm going to be the alternative Derek Jackson. Like, that was my goal because honestly, I was bored and being an asshole. Um, but at the same time, the, the, the advice he's given women out here is damaging. So I really felt like, you know what, I have a platform, I have a, a voice, I might as well be the anti-Derek Jackson person. Now, I don't want to chop his head off and take away what he's doing. Just be, just be fair, be balanced. Right. Because, you know, and, and if people, anybody knows me, they know that, you know, I'm very much an advocate for, for, for the right thing. Um, so whether it's men or women, but the narrative that's out here, especially on social media, is that men just don't. Men ain't, men can't, men won't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the, the, the thing is, is men are, um, we're, we're less likely to really talk publicly about our woes, especially yeah. for dating. Um, women, yeah, women are more likely to be hurt because a lot of women, um, and these are not, no generalizations by any means, but a lot of women feel like every relationship they step foot in should be the one. And if it doesn't work out, they give up, they fall out. They, oh, I'm not dating anymore. Men ain't this. And it's like, you interacted with two ancient men, but now you're publicly putting out there that men ain't, men ain't. And then you're getting more people on the bandwagon. And it's like, but you do know that men who are and men that can do see that. Right. So we are like, okay, I'm going to just sidestep this person because obviously she's damaged or you know, she has this perspective because there's nothing worse than than walking into a relationship or just walking around, period, being stigmatized. And it's tough enough being a black man, but we we all gotta do better. But I think for women, it's so overwhelming with the with the, the internet. Um some women make careers out of just bashing men. Um and some of it be funny, you know, I laugh and I share it too, just the same. But it's like men are so quiet because we're afraid to share screenshots or do this or do that because they're going to be like, oh, you a bitch. Right. You acting just like a female. Right. Uh, we, we, we can't get out of a relationship or go on a bad date and then go publish it on Facebook or Twitter and be like, let me tell you about this. They're going to be like, man, you sound like a bitch. But women, they can go and do it. And then it's like, hey, these dudes out here. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, really? That's not fair. So... My thing is just be, just be real. Derek Jackson to me is not real. It's yeah. nothing that people can do with his advice. Now, if you if you don't want to do better, then yeah, subscribe to Derek Jackson's rhetoric. Yeah. But me as a man, I would never want a woman fresh out of a Derek Jackson seminar because she's not going to be the type of woman that I need because her she's already going to look at me a certain way based off of how he puts it and, and Derek Jackson's not about healing he's just about selling his little his little paperback book and t-shirts <laughs> he's and, so silly and, yes <laughs> uh-huh. real, so. I know yeah so um but his he's 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 definitely somewhere to start but if you're 30 right. plus and you, right. and you need Derek Jackson's advice then you really it's you you lack discernment 
and and that's one of the things that you know Derek Jackson he only offers entry level relationship advice. Damn. He's good. He's good for women in their 20s, 22, 23. Exactly. Like the type of dude. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they like a type of dude, like yes. rough around the edges, but this. Yeah, he's perfect for that. But perfect. when you're 40, mm-hmm. when you're 40 years old, talking about, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, preach, Derek. All he said was one plus one equals two. Exactly. eating that up. So you have to work on you. And this ain't about bashing women. This is just saying. No. This is just saying recognize what he's doing to you because right. I want them to want better. If I didn't care, I'd be like, oh, go ahead. I'll join in on it and capitalize too. But I care too much. I'm I'm not that, oh, get your money type person. That's what's wrong with our people today is um, oh. we too busy saying get your money no matter how damaging it is to our culture. Don't do that. We need, we need the, the OGs to step up and say, no, nah, that ain't cool. You're not about to to leave this culture smoking and then you gone with your paycheck and we got to fix it. We got too much of that going on. That's why everything with our culture and entertainment and everything like that is, is, is kind of come and go. Nobody really invested and nobody cares about it. Garbage. They can. Yes. A lot of trash. And, and I'm, and I see, you know, and I, and like I said, I see these young guys and, and young ladies doing their music, but it's like, but then what? That's People what I was saying. What I I see, I'm sorry to cut you off. So sorry. Mm-hmm. But I get what you're saying though, because I would see so many artists think that like all you gotta do is go to the studio and record and you're done. Yeah. Like, no. Cause even if that, that song go platinum, it go it, it go make a hit, it go viral. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do next? You know, you feel me? You got to embody the platform that you're trying to be about, which is hip hop. You got to give back to the community, brother, sister. You got to give back to yourself. It ain't just going to record a song and that's it. It ain't just going to do an interview and that's it. Like, no, keep up with your shit. You feel me? You Do you think for one moment I'm wasting my motherfucking time? Hell no. Because you're not wasting your time talking to me either. Feel me? We mm-hmm. trying to do something together and it doesn't just stop here. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to branch out. You got to be an artist that can put your hands in multiple areas. You know, you, you got to touch it. the people. You said hip hop. There are elements to it. Mm-hmm. And they're missing a lot of those elements. Yeah. We we want to be looked at as hip hop artists and, and right. you know even these 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 and these little rappers are shying away i'm not a rapper I'm, no yes you you're you like you said there with being hip-hop it's almost like a, a a responsibility that comes with it it is if you if you come into this game even these young guys they disrespect the the ogs to the point where okay do it but you don't realize that in 30 days after TikTok and Warrior Song out, after radios and wore it out, nobody's gonna care about you anymore. Yeah. You have to be out here. If I was still into music and I was like popping, I would be out in these communities. I would be people gotta touch you because music today is not tangible like it was. It meant something to leave um Sam Goody or FYE or one of these music stores with the C D in your hand and read that that cover from 
from front to back and see who produced it, read the lyric sheets, have it in your hand. You felt it's tangible. You got to know who that artist was. If you if you were a fan of Lil Wayne, it felt like you grew up with him because you had yeah. the CD in your hand and you owned it. And this was a part of you and you actually invested into it. Now that wall, it's a wall up because everything is free. You can just get online, press play on YouTube or whatever. And yeah, as an artist, you're going to make money off of uh, your AdSense and, and whatever streaming revenue you get. But every dollar you make is a second that comes off your career. Mm-hmm. And you only have so much time because most of the time they can't double up on another single. I told people, take Fetty Wap, for example. I was just thinking about him. Fetty Wap is a perfect example <laughs> of making the hit. Three yep. on the radio at the same time. Mm-hmm. No, no artist has ever done that. This was 2014. Mm-hmm. Where is Fetty Wap today? That's I what I was people, saying. I told people with Lil Nas X, I was like, I hope this kid can bounce back from this single because this single's huge. Right. And I keep an ear to the street. I'm more, I'm more of my own type of music type of person. Like I like what I like, but I still listen to it. And and like these these young kids, Roddy Rich and things like that. But I'm I'm more on some music that's going to be around. Like I hear it and listen to it, but. I actually still pay for music if I like the artist. I still pay to this day. I will still pay for their music. I'll buy the vinyl. I'll do whatever. But when you just live off of a single, like when we take Lil Nas X, mm-hmm. he, broke, he broke the Billboard um, record um, with number one hit. Um, it was a very big crossover. made a lot of money. And I told people, I said, yikes. This ain't looking good for him Ooh. because he he didn't drop a project. That song was big. He should have slept dropped in that studio for three weeks. I agree. And dropped an album. He should have brought whoever in because you are on fire. Whoever you work with is going to come to that studio. They're going to drop what they're doing. Drake will drop what he's doing. <laughs> um, whoever will drop what they're doing to come and collab with you because that benefits their careers. Well, mm-hmm. He could have got Drake, T.I., Young Thug, Roddy. He could have got whoever. And Rihanna, he probably could have got Beyonce on his song. He could have mm-hmm. maxed out on this album, even though he would have had to share the royalties with him. It would have made a bigger, it would have made a bigger impact because his flame was so high. Right. But, he didn't do anything and people were sitting there kind of waiting and he dropped these seven second snippets of a, a song with a video like a weird video and then it's just that's it and i doubt he'll ever return he might pop up in a sprint commercial or something here and there Damn. but musically he's done and it's sad to say that people can call me a hater all they want but no. i've never been wrong because this general and it's not about the artist it's not a this is this has nothing to do with him or 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 um, Fetty Wap. This is about the consumers. The consumer base will see something new and shiny and they will yeah. run over there and be like, ooh, it could be another Lil Nas X. Right. Sound just like him. Yep. He's yep. new. And they run over there and then yep. Lil Nas X is like, whoa, what happened? True. Because people, yeah, because you're not investing. And these, the, the microwave society we're in, their thirst is. It, it's it's just unquenchable. They it, it's give me music. Wow. I need new music. So my son, he's twelve years old. I could probably put him in the studio and <laughs> pump out a single and 
pay for his college or something. <laughs> for real, though. But, but that's it. I ain't gonna be like, yo, you got a career, but the the reality is when you can step back and you can actually see something and not be emotionally invested in it, you can see it for what it is. And this industry is a reflection. I've always said the industry is always a reflection of society. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, none of these artists, like we've had more deaths, unarmed police, unarmed black men being killed by policemen. And then this whole situation again happening and none of the music reflects it. Had this happened in 94, oh, would have yeah. been on it. Queen Latifah would have yes. been on it. MC Light. We would have had people come together, Digital Underground, NWA. Public Enemy, and everybody would have been talking about it. They would have came together and made a song. That These artists so don't care about nothing. Yeah. It was, wow. This is the first time music has never reflected what's going on in society. You made a it's good, about, valid point. Yeah, that is that is so. You know what? Um, that is so true. I just made kind of like that same statement the other day, just talking amongst my people or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of the peoples that I work with is in Jersey, and their project they just dropped is called the Quarantine Cleanup. Is eight tracks Mm -hmm. dedicated to what has been going on. As far as the pandemic is concerned, they got a song called The Outbreak. They got a song Mm. called Social Distancing. They got a Mm. song called Curfew, Stimulus Check. You feel me? You feel where I'm going, right? Oh, wow. Is this out? (laughs) Yes, it's out. It's on SoundCloud right now. And I've been trying to push it. We all been trying to push it. It's Speak Your your, your Mind Records. And this mine's is Y O because we're together. I'm affiliated with them. Theirs is Y A. Mm-hmm. So speak ya, my records mm-hmm. eh, on Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, and it's just like y'all, y'all don't feel like this is one of the first set of artists that I've seen in the game that's actually paying homage to the times we living in. You feel me? Wow, I gotta and, hear this. Yes, I will send you the direct link. It's actually um on my Instagram, my link tree, and you'll speak your my records and it's right there. Mm-hmm. Take you to SoundCloud and everything. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. project. And the reason why it's so beautiful is because like I said, they they they're they're staying present present in the moment the present Mm -hmm. in these times that we're in and Mm -hmm. some of the artists like um ill he actually got ill and that's his name he got Mm -hmm. the COVID-19 he tested positive for it got a call from somebody at work he so happened to be asymptomatic so he he was Mm -hmm. a carrier but he wasn't you know um he didn't know he had it and he was you know probably spreading his other people too so he quarantined himself for 14 days or however long it take I know it took my mama 40 days to quarantine. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. I'm just glad she back on her feet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but it took them a long time to, um, you know, to get this project going. They, they knew they had to do it because they all, we all have stories to tell coming out of this. We all have stories to tell when we're all on the other side of history because this shit is big. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's killing a lot of people. You Think know, about how we how we look at people with the Black Plague and and even the first uh, the Spanish flu. Yeah. How we look at that like this is almost like some Holocaust stuff. And I'm not comparing it to the Holocaust, mm-hmm. but when you say you live through it, yes. like this is and, and and this is a this is another sad um, 
take from the live through it perspective because that's what's going to kill a lot more people because when they open up some people mindsets go I survived it's over no and they're going to party and hang out like we made it we we, you know what I'm saying we good and I think about that movie uh you ever seen that movie 13 Ghosts no yeah it came out like early 2000s they had Rod Digger in it but it was about these people that had to go live in this house and it was you know it was this corporate setup but they celebrated too early and come to find out what no it wasn't 13 goes it was another movie but anyways they celebrated too early and come to find out uh they they uh what they were celebrating basically didn't happen and then some other things occurred but this is what it reminds me of and we're we're so used we're trying to get back to normal in the worst way um, I see people, I have friends when I come in town, they try to come and hang out. And I'm like, yo, I take this serious, man. Like, you know, this is like my sister today. She uh, saw me and I kind of kept my distance, had my mask on. But she was like, you know, oh, we trying to come through. No, nah, I can't, you know, and, and I want them to take it serious. And if they see me take this right. serious and they will. Exactly. Um, but but with but back to that. But back to the, the the music with with what they're doing. I mean, I, I'm when you said it. I, I mean, I just I don't know why Dead Press popped in my head like the mm, rap mm. group. But I definitely want to hear it and just hear what they're saying because I know they're saying something. And I like music that says something. Um, I can't like I I don't even know how to recite this new music because it ain't saying <laughs> it ain't saying nothing. And I'm like LeBron. LeBron, I remember a song and I. He'll remember a song the first day it come out. Yeah. Like, they ain't saying nothing. They talking about <laughs> popping perks and, and sipping lean. And I, I can't, but, you know, I, I mean, I'm excited just when you told me that. It just gave me hope. Like, I know this is just one group, and there's probably many more like it, but that's what, what our kids need. Um, my kids, I see my, my daughter's, uh, she turned 14 a day, and my uh, oldest is 17. And um, I hear what they listen to, and it's like it's not too far off from what I listened to growing up. Um, they'll listen to a little bit of the new stuff, but they're kind of some old souls, so we got hope. But but what represents us as a culture needs to be more direct to who we are and what we're going through and what we stand for, and that's where the problem lies. Um, if we if we took if we took the era where, um, let's just say, Public Enemy was out and they were not allowed to be Public Enemy um, or Public Enemy wasn't on the forefront of the industry, but these other little one-hit wonders were, it would it would serve as no justice. Um, the, the, the game would have been dead a long time ago. And I'm not saying the rap game is really dead, but it's it's on life support right now. Damn. Um, yeah, so I, I think if we look at, even if we look at like Tupac and Snoop and Ice Cube, imagine in 95, Tupac, Ice Cube, and all them people were in the, you, you had to go hunt to find their music, but you could find Skilo on the radio singing I wish I was a little bit taller and special ed 
and those is in positive K, I got a man. Those were the hit songs. That's how the industry is today. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. Yeah. That is so Take, true. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just glad you made that point. Uh, I mean, that was <laughs> an excellent point to, to, to be honest. Uh, that's something, a narrative that should be pushed more um, just to kind of look at the music from um, then until now and everything, because you were right. Like, had this had this pandemic been happening in 95, 94, mm-hmm. we would have had a slew of artists come mm-hmm. out with some type of uh, 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 album dedicated to these times. Like, right. there would have been multiple artists on one song. Yeah. And music heals. It heals mm-hmm. sick people. And right now we're sick. I mean, people are sick, literally. Not 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 just sick from the um the virus. But it's a different type of virus that gets in your head when you don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? It's called being desensitized. It's called being jaded, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. the most scariest virus I've seen throughout mankind because that's the virus that uh, it's a fog over people's brains and it's not not been lifted. Has not been lifted. Mm -hmm. So. And and it's here. Um, A lot of people, and it's sad how desensitized we are. Like you said, music definitely heals. Um, I, I have like it's like we have a soundtrack through life, you know. Yes. And, and I have like playlists on my on my um, on my um, iTunes or Apple Music, and I just I just listen to and and I'm talking about I've had these playlists for years, and <laughs> I still listen to them because I hit a, I hit a shuffle or something because I know what's coming next, but. It's just like, man, I just need to zone out and just, you know, get away from life because a lot of it for me is um, kind of spiritual in a sense. I'm not really super like religious, but, you know, I definitely believe in God and things like that. But we have to be here. We have to live this life. So what do you do with this time? And music gets us through it. And I don't think this music is the remedy um, the way it could be. Um, but I do find gems here and there. And I do find things to keep my spirits up and things like that. If I don't have it in me myself, um, you know, with just some type of, you know, I just, like you said, they're on SoundCloud. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be bumping them for a while. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But people. But people, you know, they put me up on stuff. And I almost, I mean, I listen to like a lot of music, but I'm so stubborn with music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what we need. And, and what mm-hmm. we need, like you said, is we need some music that not only just satisfies us, but puts a fire up our ass and makes us want to do better as people. Exactly. Exactly. The message behind the music, like, yo, if something you're saying is not resonating with me for whatever reason, might not be saying too much of nothing. I mean, I'm just keeping it real. You feel me? That's all I'm doing. I mean, it may resonate with some people for the moment, but I'm talking about a lifetime, a classical hit. Yeah, I can bump this to my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. My kids be like, oh, who's that? And I would tell them, and they'll 
add it on their Apple Music. And it's like, this is how crazy it is. I'll play a song from like 98, 97. I'll, I'll play like Diggable Planets or whatever, whatever I'm feeling. And my kids, or one of my kids, will, what's that, daddy? And I'll tell them, like, oh, that's pretty cool. Or they know the beat because somebody else used it now. And yep. they rock with it. But let me play a song from last year. I'm like, daddy, you listen to that old stuff? We don't listen to that no more. And that's sad because we can play something 20 years ago and everybody go crazy. Play a song from six months ago, they be like, oh, we done moved on from that. That lets you know what how much substance this music lacks coming out, and 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 again, it's it's not the the music industry in its entirety. It's just the music that represents us. It lacks a lot of things, and it's like I don't know if the the powers that be are intimidated by a, a uprising of us with understanding our music contracts or what day and age we're in or whatever the case may be maybe that knowledge in, in the music because we will take knowledge in music but we take it in the book you know so I think that's the problem is just the music that represents us as a culture that's on the radio because as, as basic as the radio is radio is still the most powerful because more ears are listening to the radio because we get people to say oh go to SoundCloud go to to this side, go on here and find, no, what's playing daily, 180 times a day, is what people are going to take serious. They're not gonna take serious that song they had to go find um, on some website or yeah. some website. So radio validates you. So radio is still powerful. And radio, um, they have a responsibility that they're not even upholding because yep. if you look at if you look at music from 25, 30 years ago, I remember when DJs and I was talking to our local this guy, he's like a legend, Sean Tyler. Um, he was um, one hundred three and then he uh, on Hot one hundred three for years, like thirty years or something. And um, I remember when they would break music. Oh, I got this new artist. He came up to the studio. I'm gonna play that for you. I think this song's a hit pump it or dump it or whatever like you know they play it and we're like oh man who is this if you look at all the old movies with five heartbeats or or uh temptations or whatever when that song played on the radio whether it was new edition whoever the radio validated you and your career took off now if a if a radio dj plays a, un, a song that's unwarranted or or they didn't permit that song to be played that, that that radio dj would get fired yeah basically because yeah it's controlled by a, a, a what do they call them a, um i don't I know what, what call you call them, them. yeah i yeah. forgot what you call them but yeah the higher ups like yeah. not the fda because that's something else that's food yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but the program director, that's who they are. The program director predetermines that. So if I'm here in Kansas City or if I'm in Atlanta or if I'm in in Seattle, Washington, I'm going to hear the same songs on the radio because mm-hmm. those it's an umbrella. That umbrella dictates whatever they're they're owned by the same entity. So everything that falls under it, they control that. They control everything. So it's 
it's like we don't we don't feel the music like we used to like soul music you felt it that's why it was called soul music it's you, it's something you felt in your soul it just touched you there's new music today you know that's being pumped to us and this is just in regards to that it's good music out here still but what's being pumped to the masses is, is is not soul it's not touching us you know it's it's like okay what's next that's how we feel about it microwavable music basically yeah these are uh, pizza roll music <laughs> <laughs> it's that pizza roll music right exactly <laughs> that is so true um well uh bobby it was a pleasure talking to you today now if you want to get some shout outs real quick you know what i'm saying to your peoples or whatever or just talk some more shit real quick that's cool with me <laughs> for real because you didn't gave me a whole lot of gems to go with Oh man, I ain't got no shout outs. I mean, shoot. <laughs> I'm just living. I'm I'm actually working on my deck at home. Like right now I'm redoing Aww. my deck and uh, just doing some work. But you know, it was it was definitely a pleasure uh being on here, you know. I hope that I can come back and when I got Hell some yeah. stuff going on, like yes. I was saying um before, um definitely I I've written some scripts and I can't I wait to ideas. see it. Man, I, I have um I can give you the ideas, you know. I don't, I don't mind because. Cool. Um, so, so uh, one of the the films is uh, called Run, and I just found out another movie just took that title, but it's okay because it was it was all tentative. But it's about a guy who um, he spent some time in jail, and he he was uh, kind of like a petty hustler or whatever. But he ends up getting out. And um, he's a, a ride share. He, he like, he's like, under, he's on probation. So the, the probation uh, requires him to get a job. And he ends up working for a ride share company. And he picks up a guy that his car broke down, but the guy leaves some drugs in his car. Damn. And yeah, so that, that stunt there causes a guy that left the drugs in his car um, to get, he's, he's, he's working for like a mob, like a mafia type, uh, like a drug cartel. Mm. So the, he, the guy's car, he left it in, that will be actually me. I'm going to actually do this role. Um, he ends up getting, they reach out to him because they find out who car he was in. And then he brings them the, the product that he didn't know that was still left in his car. Um, and then they hand him the money. And then the, the the movie ends up turning out that he ends up becoming a, a a drug runner for them accidentally, so it becomes bigger and spirals out of control. Um, and it's it, like I finished that one. I had that one. That one's totally done. Um, and it, and it has a a, a a subplot as well. I mean, he has a family um, and his kid. Like it's it's some, it's some things that kind of intertwine it but it's a really good story um people are gonna laugh at it they're gonna love it they're gonna they're gonna Hmm. and I wanted to make sure it had multiple emotions it just wasn't trying to feed you a bunch of funny 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 or kind of like Master P did with this new I got the hooked up too I don't know if you've seen that but (laughs) no not yet the hell oh my god watch the first seven minutes of it you'll be so done but I wanted to 
the I wanted to touch all those emotions through this movie. Um, and again, I want this to um, I'm gonna present it at home, and then mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to get it in the film festivals, and then from there, um, if there's any interest in it, I mean, I can take it straight to um, Netflix, or I can take it. Hell to the yeah. Quality. Yeah, the quality that I'm gonna film it in is is going to be um, automatically. It'll be it'll it'll qualify for their um, standards for for Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. So that's one. And then um, so <laughs> I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the first. So this one is not as in depth, but um, man, ah, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do okay. So this movie is called This Can't Be Christmas. <laughs> And it's a Christmas film. Mm -hmm. um, man, I don't want to get that title out. I'm going to have to do something about that title because mm -hmm. I really love that title, but it's called This Can't Be Christmas. And you know the guy that played Luther and Set It Off? Uh, he to was think. the boss. Set It Off with a... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I ran into him a while back and I told him about this movie and I said, you will make the perfect supervisor in this movie because I wanted to hint towards him being Luther and set it off but not really mm -hmm. so um but the, the the story is two brothers or uh, two two cousins accidentally they they fumble a uh a, a little little robbery it's like a little robbery mm -hmm. so the the two older cousins end up going to jail so they get out on Christmas Eve and the the two brothers work in a in a mall and they feel like they owe them like y'all owe me y'all owe us because we did time for y'all and i and i want to give you the, the the whole gist of it but i just again i have to get it all going but anyways so they try to get them to set up the mall to get robbed because christmas eve they bring in a lot of money right. like that. so it it has a really good soft ending like okay everything comes together um i don't want people to look at it as like a friday after next type movie right look right at it more of so. a yeah look at it more of like a um man i don't even know how to what category to put in but it's going to be comedy right. it's going to be more comedy but um but yeah they they want them to set up the mall to get robbed it, it just some things happen so but those those are two of them i got some more but um i'm just i'm just ready to get behind the camera i've been buying camera equipment i got all my software i got everything i need just about um and i'm gonna do this myself so i mean i have wow. a crew with me but I'm, I'm, a, I'm finding it all myself and i really want to get into movies doing movies full time and just being behind the scenes not even doing the acting anymore just really want to be behind the scenes and giving other people opportunities so oh that's beautiful Bobby I love that and I gotta appreciate the fact that you revealed so many things on the show today about what you got going on you feel me like that is yeah. true love much respect to you and your craft I appreciate you thank you so much uh, that's dope. Oh, no problem. Thank you. And um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm tapping into artists to for the score, the soundtracks and stuff like that. So it's it's gonna be uh I think it'll be a, a good look for people. So I definitely appreciate it. 
Definitely. Um, well, you guys heard it here. That was uh, Bobby J right here. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate the love and um, respect from you all too. And um, yeah, just I'll see you guys uh, on a, next weekend or whatever. Yeah, let's get it. Absolutely. Let's get it. <laughs> Peace.